You're listening to the Stay Open to the Possibility podcast with your host, Megan McAvoy Matei, where we discuss all things mindset and manifestation for you high achievers who are ready to create the life, business, relationship, and health of your dreams. No matter where you are in your life, you do still get to have it all. It's never too late as long as you stay open to the possibility that that dream can come true for you. That is what I I'm here to help you do. All right, you guys, I am so excited. I have Drewby Wilson with me today. He is not only the meme king, uh, but one of the top salespeople over at Apex who got me into the amazing mastermind that I am part of at a time that I really needed to have community in my life. And I think Drewby exemplifies not only what it means to be a great leader, but also a great community builder and connector. And so thank you for being with me. And I would love it if you'd take a chance to just introduce yourselves to us, let us know what you do, why you do it, why it's so important in the world. Well, hey, I appreciate that. Before I do that, let me take a minute to thank you for giving me the honor to be here with you today. Uh, always fun getting to watch your journey and see the growth that you're experiencing. Um, me, I am Drewby Wilson. I am the vice president here at Apex. And really my goal in life is to help elevate individuals to the top of their game, right? And that's our mission statement at Apex. And really for me personally, having experienced the massive amounts of growth I have going down the journey of personal development and opening myself up to the possibility of like the universe and the energy, right? That exists around us. Um, that's really become my calling is, is helping others find success in their life. And what I love is that success is kind of a perspective. So I have the freedom to help people create massive amounts of success because it doesn't have to just be making lots of money or anything specific. It can be whatever they truly believe. I love that. All the all areas of life approach. And I think, you know, that was one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on is because I think you exemplify that. And also staying open to the possibility. So um, thanks for the plug on the name of the podcast there. <laughs> but anyway, I was wondering if you could share with us, because one of the times that you and I had chatted, right, we did that Apex, um, not Apex Live, but the Apex Wednesday together. And we just drive so well. And it was so fun and your energy and all of that. I just, I really loved it. But also how you got into your current career. I think it exemplifies what it is in trying to teach people with this podcast. So you, could you tell us, about how you got there and, and made that happen yeah so um i'll give you the short story right and if anybody wants a long story they can pick up my book crushing the day on amazon i do the whole spiel but the short story is um getting into what i do now i was in the insurance industry i was selling home and auto insurance life insurance for a captive agency um, i was the top producer i worked for a family member and I was by all intents and purposes, like living the dream, right? I worked Monday through Friday, nine to five, no weekends. My beautiful wife and my two-year-old son at the time, we lived in a house we had just bought. Like everything was going good, but we all know that good will steal from great every chance it gets. And I really did not feel fulfilled, right? I had ballooned up in weight. I was sitting at a desk, chugging energy drinks and eating like a dumpster fire. And so I really just wasn't all the way happy with where I was in my life. I had gone to the agent and was like, hey man, I'm working really, really hard. I'm making like 40 grand a year and I really feel like I should be making six figures. And like, I just, I need to do something, man. Cause I don't feel good about where I'm at right now. 
And unfortunately for him, the, the response he gave me was the wrong one he could have given me. It was, hey, man, just be patient. In a couple of years, you'll probably own one of these things and you'll be good. And I'm not a very patient person. When I get a bug up my butt, I, you know, like, all right, let's go. It's time to move. And so it was really hard for me to have her hear that, right? Like I didn't want to wait. And I won't go into all the details of what was going on in the, you know, the background, but there was definitely, you know, office dynamics and things going on that, that kind of put me in this position. And I thought, well, I'm not patient, but I, don't, I need to do something now. So I need to learn how to make more money. As a sales guy, my thought was, okay, well, I need more leads to talk to. If I talk to more people, I'll make more sales and make more money, right? It's kind of a, a numbers game. So I started looking into online lead generation and marketing and like understanding how to get more of my own leads, right? And so I, I started down this path. I found Ryan Stuman. I found his phone site software and I started learning like sales funnels and online marketing and pay-per-click advertising and all these different things. And so it opened me up to this whole new world of opportunity. And so I started doing the work. I learned how to build funnels. I started getting some leads for myself. Suddenly these other agents are going, Hey man, you're increasing your production. What are you doing? Well, I got this marketing thing, whatever. Like, Hey, how much for you to do that for me? So I'm like, I don't know. So I started selling some marketing on the side, having a little success there. And then one day I get a call from Ryan and he says, Hey man, um, I see that you're helping these people in my community. Like you're just going above and beyond. I really appreciate it. I'd like to offer you a, a bit of a monthly retainer just to keep doing what you're doing. Like you literally don't have to change anything. Just keep doing what you're doing and I'm going to pay. You. And I went, well, I mean, okay. What kind of idiot would turn that down? Like, yeah, well, of course, like I'm going to do this anyways. Like, you know, but for me, it was funny because I was doing it selfishly looking for people who were smarter than me to help me figure out what I could be doing better. Right. I was like, Hey, this is what I'm learning that's working. But like, Hopefully I'm in the back and I'm going, man, somebody smarter than me, fucking find me and tell me what to do, right? And so Ryan reaches out. I come on board with the phone sites. I'm, I, you know, in the first month, I'm helping people, having conversations, and they start asking me, hey, you know, Ryan has this coaching program, Apex, like, how do I get involved with that? So I go back to Ryan and I'm like, hey, man, these guys that I'm helping are like, they're asking me how to do this other stuff. What do I do? Goes, well, get a link and go sell it, man. What do you mean? Like, Go sell some shit. We call the damn leads. And so, uh, you know, fast forward, I start helping some more people. I start selling some of his programs. And within the first month, he calls me back and he's like, dude, you're in the wrong business. Fly down to Texas, spend a day with me. Like we can change a lot of lives. And I went, I don't know, man, I got six years in the insurance industry. Like I don't, eh. and he's like, no, bro, fly down here, spend a day with me and we'll go from there. And so I flew down long story short, Six months after flying down, I, or well, the week I got back from flying down, I quit my job in insurance and went all in as a support guy, commission only salesperson for Apex. Within six months, I had moved my family from Ohio to Dallas, became the vice president of the company. And here we are two and a half years later, five and a half million dollars in sales, thousands of people helped. Like it's been a wild ride. It's so awesome. And I love that because you were like, so I come from the insurance industry too. And I, I, I get that, that feeling of like not being fulfilled and just like constantly grinding and wanting to change lives. And I love how, you know, it goes back to that whole idea of you could have closed yourself off, but to somebody like you, and we're going to get into like where that spark comes from, because that's one of my favorite things about you, right? Is that's not enough. Like we want more and, you know, um, 
One of my favorite quotes is from Tony Robbins, and it really exemplifies why coaching for me is so important in leaving the insurance industry too. It's like success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. And it really is. And when you're somebody like yourself and, and me, and I'm sure the people who resonate with folks like us, you realize that. Like you can have all these things that prove your success, but if you're not feeling it in your heart, it's just in your spirit, all of it, it's like, it's not really anything. And so I love, I love that you shared that story. So with you, and, and this was one of the, the reasons I really wanted you to be on the show is that you exemplify doing that work, right? And having that, that inner spark within you, right? And not just in business, but also in life. Like I see your posts, I see the stuff you're doing with your family, with your fitness, with your health. You've obviously, since your insurance days, lost a lot of weight, you know? And I think that's just so commendable and so important and so like something I respect. So one of the things that I wonder for you is how do you do it all? <laughs> like not just be such a great husband and father, like with your son, I see you, but while also crushing the day. Like how, how do you do, how do you be Drewby? Um, you know, it really comes down to living by the calendar, right? This is something that I talk about a lot in my sales conversations with people. Like we're all given the same 24 hours, right? Time is the one resource you can't buy more of. You can't win it in a poker tournament and you can't be given some time for your birthday or Christmas, right? Like time is the one factor that we're all kind of limited by. So my thought is like, hey, if I'm going to be successful and I'm going to be productive and I know everybody else is, this is an equal opportunity right here. I need to make the most of my time. So I've committed that I wake up at 4 a.m. every day, seven days a week, even on the weekends. Like it sucks, but I, that's my calendar, right? 4 a.m. the alarm goes off by 4.30. I'm downstairs. I've done my gratitude exercises. I've hydrated and I'm heading out for a workout, right? And I do 60 minutes of a workout. I get home, I get cleaned up. I get my family up and going for the day. And then I spend two hours in the morning with my family. One of my non-negotiables Monday through Friday is dropping my son off at school. It's a 10 minute ride from our house to school, but that 10 minutes is worth 10,000 hours because we are intentional about it, right? And so I drop him off, I come to the office, I lock in in my office and from eight to 11.30, I've got very specific tasks. I stop, I eat lunch maybe, usually I eat lunch when I'm sitting at the desk if we're being honest with you, but you know, it's on the calendar to eat lunch so I don't forget. From 12 to four o'clock, my calendar is booked with sales calls or conversations, right? Like I'm, I'm very intentional about filling my day with productive activities so that at four o'clock I can shut down, close out my day, get in the truck, go home, spend three hours with my family. That's very, once again, intentional, right? Like I'm in sales and I'm, I'll be the first to admit that I'm guilty of having my phone out at dinner or sitting on the couch when we're just not doing a whole lot and like sending messages and whatever. But I try to be very intentional in those moments. Like, hey, if it's time to be with the family, it's time to be with the family. And that's very difficult for some people. And I, again, I still will tell you 100% I struggle with it. Um, but it comes down to that intentionality. And then, you know, hey, at 8.30, my son gets his tubby, he goes to bed. And then I got an hour to sit and kind of chat with my wife before I got to be in bed at 9.30 because I got to be asleep by 10 because that alarm's going off at four, whether I like it or not. And so that's just the day that I run basically seven days a week. And if I'm not at the office, I, you know, like on Saturdays and Sundays, our days are structured out so that we have morning family time. And then I work in the afternoon while they're chilling out and relaxing. And then we get back together in the evening. And it's just, this is the cycle. There's no secret recipe to it. Just doing the damn work. Mm -hmm. 
Now, does that you 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 prefaced one of my next questions, but going back to that fulfillment piece, I think sometimes you know we you can hear all the quotes get thrown around: discipline equals freedom, right? And I, I believe it, and I know it. Does that also bring you joy? You know, having such a structured calendar and stuff like that, because the next question I want to go into is there's people who struggle and, and you mentioned it and you do and thank you for your candor and you know, none of us are perfect and none of us ever will be right. Um, but what if people struggle with that discipline to be that consistent and what tips would you give them? And what do you think usually stands in the way? And the other thing I know I'm throwing a lot of questions at you, but I know how smart you are. So I'm not worried about your ability to handle it. Is, does that bring you joy too? Like having that much structure and discipline in your day? Because I think sometimes people look at it and they're like, they go into entrepreneurship because they want freedom. And then they'd look at a schedule like you and they're like, is not the fucking opposite of freedom? Um, that's a great point. I think here's why I love the idea that success is a perspective, right? So as an entrepreneur, I get the freedom to design my day. If there's a day that I don't want to work, I don't work. But I know that in order to have those days where I don't have to work, I've got to do a lot of other work to prepare for it, right? I wasn't born with a silver spoon. I don't got a trust fund just putting money in my account every week. Like I work hard and I'm building residual, but I'm not at a point where I could literally just take a day off and not feel guilty about it because I still got mouths to feed and a legacy to create. Mm -hmm. So when it comes down to like, why am I so disciplined? Well, because I haven't accomplished my goals. And for the people that struggle with that, I think you have to really start thinking about, okay, so here's this perfect example, right? Write down your perfect day. This is such a simple exercise that most people will gloss over because it's so simple, but look, let's look at it like this way. You're going to write down two perfect days. On one side is your perfect work day and on one side is your perfect day off. And, and not like perfect, like, oh, I hit the lottery and I bought a Ferrari and I drove it. No, like, if you woke up every day and you could live like a pretty sweet, awesome day every day, what would that look like for you? Right. It's a simple question, but it's not an easy answer. Mm -hmm. Most people will sit there and struggle like, well, I don't know. I can tell you exactly what mine looks like. I took the time. I spent hours sitting there and writing down from the moment I wake up. What am I going to do? What am I going to smell? Who am I with? What does it feel like? What are my experiences? Right. What is what does success look like to me? Write it down. And then start putting in the steps that it takes to have that, right? If I want to be able to get to a point where I can live in an RV and travel around with my beautiful wife while my son's in college and doing this thing 10, 15 years from now, I know I'm going to need to have about $50,000 a month of passive income coming in. That might seem ridiculous, but I mean, those big ass RVs are expensive and I want to do cool shit. So like, that's the plan, right? But in order to have that, I know it's going to require a certain amount of legwork to get there, right? There's certain things I've got to put in place. So with that being said, knowing that I've got 24 hours a day and I can function on six hours of sleep, that gives me 18 hours a day to make that happen. Within that 18 hours, not only do I have to do the business stuff, but I've got to make sure I've got the relationship time. Because let's say I make all that money, but if I fucked up my relationship, then the goal was for nothing, right? So that these are all the things that you've got to look at in your day and say, okay, these are my priorities, right? These are the have to do's these are the things I need to do. And these are the things I want to do. Unfortunately, the want to do's end up at the bottom, but that's only because if you get these top two done, that leaves you more time for the want to do stuff. But people will they'll, they'll mess that priority up. They're like, well, I want to go do this. So I'm going to do that. And then they try to squeeze in the need to do stuff and it doesn't get done, which then compound effect down the line. is like, oh, I, I have to do all of these things and I can't go do what I want to do anymore because I spent too much time doing that initially. 
Mm-hmm. Does that help? Does that answer your yeah. question? Yeah. So then I have just a little follow-up one for that is that because this is a belief that I have, right? Is that lack of clarity is actually a lie. I think most of us do know in our soul and our spirit what we want to do is that there's all this other garbage and things that are blocking us from getting to that level of clarity. It's like at the end of the day, as a human being who is put on earth by God, like you're not screwed up, right? Like you're good. And so you know what you want to do, right? Like how hard would it be for somebody to really sit down and do that exercise that you're talking about? Here is my perfect day. But I have this belief because I've coached it so many times and people like will shift once they're like, this lack of clarity thing is epic bullshit, right? So I think people need to stop kidding themselves about the fact that they don't know what they want. Yeah, no, I think that's very like, but I think that is, that's a different internal struggle, right? The problem is, are you willing to be honest with yourself and with the people around you about what you want? Most people aren't willing to be honest because they don't want to hurt someone's feelings. They've put themselves into this mental position of feeling like they can't do something because it's going to harm someone else. And so you'll, you'll, you'll stop yourself from taking that action or letting that, that, idea or that stream of consciousness come to life because you don't want to hurt someone else's feelings and and god love everybody on the planet but at the end of the day if you're not happy you're not showing up as the best version of yourself then you certainly aren't showing up as the best version for everybody else around you and so that's like the the weird thing is like so many people will like they'll they'll half-ass tell you what they want instead of just being candid about it and say no like this is how it's got to be it's a hard conversation to have yeah. And I think to some degree, which leads me into my next question is that they don't des- believe they deserve it or that they can have it. So it's like, why would we let ourselves dream that big? Like I just did an episode on this show about the expression, you've probably heard it, don't get your hopes up. Like people say that to their kids. I'm like, no, dude, get your hopes up as high as you possibly can. Like I am so against that language. I want you to hope so hard that those dreams have to rise to meet it. You know what I mean? So you just got a tattoo. Congratulations. You can congratulate people for tattoos. I don't know. But anyway, um, it says meme king. And I just take a step back and I look at you sometimes and I'm like, what's more fun than slinging memes on social media, right? And making money from it. And I think this really goes into what we were talking about, like that perfect day. Did you ever think, and and we can go back to the insurance business when you were in that place of not being fulfilled, because that's going to be relatable for people. Did you think that business would ever get to be, I mean, you have a lot of fun, right? Like, did you ever think business would get to be that freaking fun? Like, I think a lot of times people think the work has to be so hard and tedious and rigorous and I know we've talked a bit about how you created the reality that you have, but how did you get to infuse the badassery of fun into that? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, it's funny because like sometimes when people ask me what I'll do, I'll, I'll kind of troll them a little bit. I'm like, I literally just hang out on Facebook and make memes. Uh, and I make multiple six figures a year doing it. And, and sometimes it kind of pisses people off. But it, the truth is, again, I have found it's funny because I just made a post about this this morning that's getting like a ton of attention, but it's like basically people will spend their whole life trying to fit in and then wonder why they can't stand out, right? And so what I realize is for me personally, 
I love memes. I mean, I'm that dude that like, I'll send funny memes. I like, I prefer to respond in funny gifts and memes because I think it's just an extra personal touch. And honestly, I still like subscribe to the idea that that picture is worth a thousand words. And so sometimes I could send you back a string of words line, you know, put together in a certain series that means something, but I can send you a picture that means a million things more, right? There's just that deeper connection there. And so I've always just been a meme guy. I love them. I, you know, was one of the first kids in my neighborhood to have the internet. So I've been exposed to the internet for a long time. I've seen a lot of crazy shit. And did I ever think it would be possible? Yes and no. I think I, I realized it early on when I saw folks that were having massive amounts of success being themselves, right? You see the Instagram influencers and the YouTube stars and the blippies and these guys that create these characters. And it's like, some adults like Blippi is a great example. He's a YouTube star. He's like well-known for the kids space. My son loved him for a little while, like kind of annoyed the shit out of me, but I had to respect the hustle because here's a guy who's making content for kids, being himself, being silly, having fun, making millions of dollars a year. Like that job doesn't suck, right? Mm -hmm. You're just hanging out, having a good time. So like, to me, it's, and this goes back to this perspective in the perfect day, right? Like, Hey, what do you want to do? What do you want to get paid for? Most people are like, well, I can't get paid for that. That's a hobby or a passion. It's like, well, if you say that with that attitude, sure. But I can tell you there's people that live on the beach selling puka shell necklaces, making six figures a year, living the life of their dreams, surfing, drinking, having a good time. So until you get focused and clear on what it is you truly want and you're willing to be honest with yourself about that, it's hard to put that into motion. But for me personally, I love memes. I was using memes. I went to the marketplace and said, hey, uh, this is a thing that's working for me. Who wants to try it? And they, lots of people responded and lots of people tried it and had massive amounts of success. And so I went, okay, here's a problem that the masses face, right? This is business 101. Mm -hmm. Find an issue that the masses face and help them solve that problem. Well, one problem in the sales community is a lack of creativity, right? Mm -hmm. A lack of fun. It's kind of a boring thing. Sales kind of isn't the sexiest deal. Uh, unless you're driving Lambos and cool shit, but that's 1% of a billion people. And so I was like, well, let's have some fun with it. Let me be me. Let me create a course that helps people be fun and creative and use this, um, the, the technical term is lingua franca, uh, but it's basically this language, right? People will talk in memes. They'll send gifts to each other. They have whole conversations without a single word. It's just pictures back and forth. And so I thought, well, how can I bring this to the community and help them see how they can go and use it in their life. Cause a lot of people love memes. Not everybody knows how to make them. Not everybody understands the psychology behind it. Like how you can actually create that emotional connection. I mean, this is marketing one-on-one, right? How do I interrupt people that are scrolling past thousands of advertisements? How do I get someone's attention and how do I create that no like, and trust factor? And I think for me with the memes that that was just like, Hey, that's my thing. I'm going to own it and run with it. I love that too. And you make such a good point of turning the hobby. Like people will dismiss that, right? They will close themselves off to the fact that like, this could be a significant money-making thing, right? And say that's For sure. And I think one of my favorite stories that I've read about that is like, there's a story of a guy who wanted to buy some Harley Davidson motorcycle, right? And it was a real expensive motorcycle and he didn't have the money for it. So what he did is he took the money he did have and he went to, went and bought two broken down motorcycles, fixed them up and then started teaching like riding courses, right? 
So then fast forward a year, the guy's got 15 bikes that he rents out every weekend and hosts these courses. And he's making more money than he's ever thought of in his life, riding on the fanciest Harley he's ever had because he decided, Hey, this passion of mine, this thing that I want to do, there's a way to make money at. I enjoy riding. I can teach other people how to ride. They'll pay me 250 bucks a weekend. If I get 10 people every weekend, all of a sudden I'm making 10 grand a month. That's five times what I was making working 50 hours a week and bam, right? Like think about that. If you have a passion or a hobby that you love, can you teach other people to do it? Can you help? The, is there something within that that you can do? Can you repair motorcycles? Can you fix cars? Can you fly planes? Like what, what do you love doing and how can you turn that into an experience for someone else who doesn't have access to what you have? Yeah, I love that. And I was going to say, I feel like you already kind of gave us the process, but I wanted you to give us the process again to be like, how do we find that thing that gives us joy and then monetize it? Because you don't need permission to do that and you can do it. So it's like, okay, what's the thing? What's the challenge or the problem in your industry? How can you serve it? And boom, the next thing you know, here you are slinging memes on social media, making multiple six figures while you do it. And it's like, it's fun. And everybody knows, I mean, everybody knows you as the meme king. So it's also a branding thing, right? Like, (laughs) you know, it makes sense. And so you have a course, I'm in it. It's really good. I will admit I haven't been as great about making the memes, Um, but closer memes. And so I would definitely suggest people check it out because I think also the way that you teach is really helpful, right? Helps people to understand like, okay, what if you're somebody who doesn't know how to just make memes? And so you take people through that entire process start to finish so they can implement it in their business. And I think it's an amazing investment. I think you could charge a lot more for it, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just trying to help the people. I'm just trying to have a good time. Like, that's all. Yeah, exactly. I'm just trying to plug you. Uh, okay, so one of the things with you, um, and I've certainly said this to you before. So like, this is no surprise, but your marriage seems to be amazing. Like your wife just seems like one of those badass women on planet earth. And I've said that to you before that congratulations to you for obviously deserving somebody like that in your life. Um, So this is a question before I ask it, I want to give you a little background on where it's coming from. So we're in a mastermind together, right? And so we see people who go through struggles in their relationships. And one of the things that I have seen repeatedly, and I'm sure you have too, because this just happens, is that you'll have somebody in a relationship who wants to do the self-development work, wants to go after these improvements in themselves and become the most elite version of themselves and go all in. And then they get like this resentment and this resistance from their partner or from their spouse because this other person is growing and they're just not. And when I look at you and your wife, I'm like, I don't know if it was, what was the workout you guys were doing, the MRF, if that's what it's called. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure she beat you. So I feel like you guys are like, you know, always kind of challenging each other. And I might be wrong, but no matter what, I think I'm right about the vibe that you're always challenging each other. And I think that's a beautiful thing. So one of the questions that I have is, what are your best tips for growing together as a couple? Because you mentioned, right? You've been through a hell of an evolution. You, was it in six months, you uprooted your family 
from where you lived, you left a job, you moved somewhere else, and obviously you got your ride or die chick who's right there with you, which is so freaking cool. So how do you guys do that so successfully? And how do you, what would be the tips that you have for people who might be butting up against this in their own relationship because it happens? Um, you know, let me start with saying that I've tried to fuck this up more times than I can count. And there's been a number of times where we've almost not been in a relationship. Like we, we've had, we've had our issues and our struggles. So like some pretty, you know, extreme points. Um, I think I can only speak from my side of it. Right. So what happened with me is I went through that period of, you know, depression, not feeling fulfilled, uh, being overweight that caused other issues as far as, you know, like marital dynamics, right? That's the term I use, marital dynamics. And so when I started this journey of personal development, I very selfishly did not think about Kayla. I was focused on me 110%. And so what I would go to work office all day where I would just bitch and complain and be stressed out. And I'd message my wife about how pissed off I was. And then I'd come home and we'd have dinner and, you know, it wasn't like awful, but as soon as dinner was done, I was upstairs or I was down in the basement and I was trying to build something new. And so I was very focused on me, which caused a lot of stress in our relationship, right? She's like, hey, we're happy. We have a family. Like, why aren't you satisfied? And I couldn't, I couldn't vocalize it right. You know, I couldn't explain what I was trying to do. And that caused a lot of problems. You know, like when we got to that point where it was almost time to move, it was kind of like, you're going by yourself, dude. Like, I'm not going to be a part of this. And I'm like, well, like I'm going because I know what's happening. Like, I don't want to lose this, but like, this is where I need to be. And so it was, we went through a lot and, you know, God love my, my wife for being as strong and supportive as she has been. And, you know, I've tried, like I said, I've made more mistakes than I care to admit to, but I'll tell you that, you know, if it wasn't for her strength, we wouldn't be here. Like she's always been the one who stood up. And when I fucked up was like, all right, dude, like, do you understand why you messed up? Like, do you get it now? And so, you know, I am very blessed with the fact that she has been so understanding because she does see the growth and she does see the accomplishment. And her biggest thing is always just reminding me and making sure that I don't forget what I'm doing it for, right? It's, it's very easy to get caught in the illustrious life of entrepreneurship and success and growth, but it, it really comes back to that, what's the point if they're not going to be there? And, you know, I think that the hardest thing is as an entrepreneur, you're thinking so many steps ahead and, and you're not necessarily thinking about what their feelings are you're just seeing hey this is where we're going this is the stuff i'm going to need to do they'll understand because of the life we've created but that's not the case and and i can only again only speak to my personal relationship but i know for me the biggest issue is that i didn't include my wife enough when i started the journey and that's what created that gap and had we not had those issues where we took the time to sit and, and try to like sew that gap up it's easy to see why that happens in entrepreneurial relationships where people just grow apart because they're not, they're not on the same path. Right. And so that's a conversation we've had to have is like, Hey, what do we really want out of life? And if we're not on the same path anymore, it's unfortunate, but that's a decision we're going to have to make. And, you know, we've got a son and we've committed to some, some certain things. And so it's like, Hey, where do our core values fall, right? What, what do we get into this for and what are we doing it for? Because if we're not on the same page, then it doesn't make sense. But 
thankfully my wife and I are on the same page and, you know, I had to experience my growth and go through my fire so that I could be the person I am. And obviously, you know, we had to go through some of that together in order to have the strength and the confidence to be where we are, where we're making, you know, 10 times what we used to be making. And, and there's a whole nother level of dynamics that go to that, right? As your income increases, the problems that you deal with and the, the stresses that come with that are different. And so that, that to me, I can honestly say like, my wife has a blessing because she is so strong and she's always made the point of reminding me why we do the things that we do. And, and, and again, I, it's not that I forget, like, but I get so focused on what I'm trying to do that I do forget to include her. And that's the issue. And that's my piece of advice, right? Fellas, women, if you have a spouse, significant other, someone that you care about, involve them. If you are at a point where you don't feel comfortable telling them about something, there's a bigger red flag there. And that was for me, like the big lesson, right? Like, Hey, if I'm afraid to tell my wife something, that should be the red flag right there of like, this is something I really need to understand and have a conversation about because I do care about my wife and I do love her. And there's nobody in this world that I want to have that success with, but it's never going to happen if I can't share that with her. So that's my advice is just be very open and have a good line of communication. Mm -hmm. I love that. And thank you for your, for your candor too. I know like that can be a vulnerable thing to talk about our relationship and the challenges that we've had. And I think that's really great advice is to, to bring them along with you and, and bring them in. Do you mind just sharing with us really quick what your core values are so that people, maybe they haven't identified them, maybe they haven't taken that time, but you could set that example. You know, I think our two biggest ones, and, and this is really what we push into our son as well as honor and respect, mm-hmm. right? Like if you honor somebody, and you, you think about them before you make those decisions, that's going to make life easier. And if you show the respect of, hey, if I am going to make this decision, you know, I'm going to do it in a respectful manner. That, that's really the two biggest, you know, we've got some other little small ones from there, but honor and respect are really the two that we focus on. I love that. That's great. So you wrote a book, <laughs> uh, Crushing the Day, great book. And so I'm wondering what was your favorite part about writing the book and what would you say was the hardest part? Favorite part about writing it being done. (laughs) Um, It's, it was, you know, I didn't do very well in school. I was never somebody who spoke a lot of, you know, up until recently, I really didn't talk about myself. I was kind of the low key behind the scenes guy and, and really didn't like being vulnerable. Um, so being able to kind of share that story, and I think for me more than anything, because I've had the, the joy of so many people getting to watch my growth and my success, right? Because when I came into this whole ecosphere, I was just like a sales guy trying to figure stuff out. And so through hard work and consistency, I've been able to create a lot of opportunities. Those opportunities followed with more hard work and consistency have led to a lot of success. And so, you know, it's just been it's interesting how that changes, right? Like how you can go through that and, and really continue to grow. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. But like, it's, where's the question again? I'm sorry. That's okay, you're good. So what was your favorite part about writing a book and what was the hardest part? Got it, okay, right. So favorite part of writing the book, being done, um, but being vulnerable was really difficult. And, mm-hmm. and I think my favorite part of that was getting to share that story in a little more detail, right? So for the people who, who have seen the journey, but didn't know everything behind the scenes, 
getting to open them up to some of the other stuff that I was facing to get here, I think even opened more eyes. Cause I was like, holy shit, I didn't know that about you. Like, and, and now that I do know that, like, whoa. So I think that was probably the best part. Yeah. It's so humanizing too. You know what I mean? It makes it more relatable because what we share on social media, and I think you're pretty good about sharing and, and being vulnerable and being transparent. But when you see somebody always consistently having that success, we can draw our own conclusions about them. Be like, oh, it must be easier. It must be whatever. And I think when we can have that level of vulnerability, which, you know, even given the stuff that you're willing to share about your relationship and the, the things that you've been through, I can't imagine a time that you weren't willing to be vulnerable. So it, it really shows the growth, right? Like, and how cool it is to get to that point where you're willing to share your story in such a way to be an example for others so that, I mean, it's break free Academy, right? So that they can break free from their stuff. And I think that's so powerful. So we might've already hit on this, but I'm going to ask it again to just make sure that we have, because you mentioned a word and I hadn't asked it yet, legacy, right? And I, I just knew not just because you were in the insurance business and whole life insurance, I just all about the legacy planning and stuff like that. But I just knew even when I was asking those initial questions of like, where do you get that drive? Where do you get that spark? There's got to be a massive desire within you to have a legacy, right? That's kind of a given. So when you think about your son and you think about what is the most important, now not the financial legacy piece, that's, that's a part of it. But what is the most important example or mindset lesson that you want to set for him? And why does that matter so much to you? Um, I think for me personally, growing up in the situation I did, my dad was in and out. He was not a good example. Um, most of the men that my mom was with and that were in my life at that age were not like a great example. And so you know, for me, like, that's really my goal, right? I want to be the example of what being a good man is. And a good man is a good husband, a good father, a good steward to the community, right? Like, I, I think I've been blessed with this opportunity for a reason, right? God, Allah, energy, whatever you want to call it, like, put me in this position for a reason, because I do have a strength and I do have a willingness to, to go above and beyond and to, and to step out of that comfort zone. And so for me, you know, that legacy is, is really that, right? Like I, my parents aren't leaving me anything. My mom, God love her. She's getting by and she raised three kids on her own and, and she's, you know, she's not bad off, but like, she's not where she could be if she didn't have to go through the struggles that she did. And so for me personally, I don't ever want anyone that I'm connected to or, or a part of their life to struggle. And so that's what I want my son to have that same understanding of, Hey, you know, you don't have to have the answer to everything, but you can be resourceful and you can know where to go and look for them. And you can be a good steward of the community and you can give back and you can have everything and anything that you want, so long as you understand that there's going to take work to get there. And that with that blessing, you have to understand that you have to give back too, right? Like you can't just do it all for you because what ends up happening, you do it all for you and you end up with just you. But when you do it for everybody and you create that, you live as the example you know, it's not always the, the most sexy thing. It's not always the, the you know, that you get the attaboys and the thank you. Some days it's hard and, and people are hating on you for it. But if you can just keep pushing through and be a good example, and again, success is a perspective. So mm -hmm. it's, you know, whatever that looks like to you and, and, you know, obviously our family core values and we have a way of life that we think is the way to be. 
you know, all I can hope is that I've set the example for him and, and given him the opportunity to have all of the things in life that I never had, such as an example as a father and a man and the opportunity to live a life not restricted by financial issues or the fact that, you know, hey, we, we spent all the money on pizza on Monday and now the check's, you know, not going to pass to get groceries on Friday. Like, he'll never go through that. Yeah. And, and that's, my, that's my biggest thing is I don't want him to ever have to feel that. But I also want him to understand that nothing's going to come easy. He'll never have those struggles, but the struggles he does have, I want him to still learn those same lessons from. Yeah, I was actually listening to a um, sermon this morning on entitlement, right? Is, is people, you know, give their kids and then their kids have this expectation that everything is going to, to come easy. So do you mind if I ask you just an extra layered question on that? Because I know I've seen you speak on entitlement and we have shared beliefs about it. How do we make sure that we don't do that? Like, I love that you're setting an example and I fully am supportive, but how do we make sure that like we can give that abundance and that right mindset and everything you said, but not create kids who have an entitled experience of life because that's just going to screw them over. Honesty. The answer is honesty. If you're straight up with your kids. See, this is the thing. People will try to like protect their kids and they'll try to hide them from things. And kids are very curious. I'm already seeing it in Anderson. He's five and a half years old. Like we, we can't have a conversation without him listening and knowing the context of what's going on because later that night he'll pull that shit out and be like, well, that's not what you said earlier. Mm-hmm. And so now it's like, okay, I'm in a position of, do I lie to the kid? And well, it's my way this time, but not that time. Mm-hmm. Or is it easier to just be very transparent? Like with our son, you know, he loves Legos and Jurassic Park and I love to spoil him because fuck, I'm in a position that I can do that, right? However, when we have these conversations with him, we help him understand like, hey, the reason you're getting this is because you've done your priorities, right? You woke up, you cleaned up your toys, you made your bed, you got dressed. The things that you're responsible for doing, you did them. You didn't make a big fuss. You didn't fight us over it. And so now you're being rewarded for hard work. Over time, those rewards will change based on the amount of work that's necessary. But for him to get a reward now, there's a work, there's something that has to be done. And I know that might seem kind of weird and, and, you know, everybody's like, wow, you made your kid work. Well, I mean, I'm not making him scoop dog poop. He's cleaning up his damn toys. He's putting Mm -hmm. stuff back on his bed, right? Like these are basic human functions that when he's a grown adult, he'll need to be able to do. So by forcing him into like learning that now and creating that routine, and then rewarding it, that's what's going to happen in life. Hey, if you wake up yeah. and you clean your house and you make your bed and you do that, you brush your teeth and you get ready for the day and you're doing it without having to run around and, and feel like you're rushing to get to the office because you're going to be late, you set that expectation up front. I mean, imagine the people that are listening who are in their 30s and 40s, if they just woke up, cleaned up their house, made their bed, got dressed and got ready and still had 10 minutes before they had to walk out the door, how much more productive would their day be? Yeah. Instead, they're like throwing clothes on, grabbing shit out of the dryer, pouring coffee in a mug. And or the, the problem is they're doing all this and then they're racing into the Starbucks line and they're waiting mm-hmm. 15 minutes in the Starbucks line for their coffee. And it's like, if you would just get your shit order in order, have your priorities straight, your life would be a way better. And that's what mm-hmm. I'm trying to teach my son now in order to get those rewards in the future. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really, really appreciate that. So I know you're a busy guy. This is the last question I have for you until we can find out how people can get in touch with you. But 
we know this version of you, right? We've, we've already heard the stories of where you've come from and success that you're creating in all areas of life, the example. I mean, that's probably my favorite question that I've asked so far and hearing you talk about your son and just, you know, the example you're setting for all of us and even for me to think about it. I mean, my daughter's only a year and a half and all of us on this parenting journey, we're kind of figuring it out as we go, right? So it's like, oh, those are things I need to be thinking about for her to help her be an amazing human being. And so I would be interested to know for you as somebody who's done so much of the work, right? Like the internal, what's my perfect day look like and creating the meme king thing where it gets to be fun. It gets to be awesome. What does version of you look like so you know when you and I are talking a couple years from now who's the dude I'm going to be talking to then so right now my big progression my whole identity has been the top producer right I've always been like the main sales guy everywhere I've been that's kind of been my role so right now I'm transitioning out of that role and trying to go from top producer to top leadership right I'm trying to be like hey I've set the example of what's possible you know, we've recreated it with Zach. He's one of our other sales guys. Like he's next in line to be the top producer. Matter of fact, he beat me last month in July. He's on pace to do it again this month, which was like a very bittersweet thing for me, you know, cause that was my identity. And I think a lot of people will do like, will understand this, you know, they're in a position where someone's creeping up on them and, and maybe getting a little better than they are. And that could be kind of like a weird thing. You know, it could kind of test your ego a little bit. And I, I know for sure it tested mine. Um, but what was great about it is it opened me up to the possibility of like, hey, what if I did step back and I let somebody else take those those reins and maybe I focus on creating four or five more just like that, mm-hmm. right? Like I can put up half a million dollars a month in production, but if I create three or four more guys and they're all doing 200 grand a month in production, like that's 800, that's still better than my 500 and me having to bust my ass to do it. So that's my big transition right now is like, how can I take my success where I'm at and then turn it around and teach others to you know, have that same kind of success? Because in a few years, my goal is that I don't have to be the sales guy. I want to travel around and speak on stages and, and help a much broader audience, right? I want to be able to go into a business, spend a day with their team and walk out knowing they're going to add an extra million plus dollars to their bottom line by the end of the year because of all the experience I've been able to gain and then the wisdom that I'll be able to share at that point. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest shift mentally from being the top sales guy to the best leader you can be? Um, not being afraid to let go of the rope, right? Okay. I think it, everybody will hang so tightly to this rope to the point where they hang themselves with it because it's like they won't let go of that ego or that identity. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it. I've personally experienced it. I think anybody who's gone through a major transformation will be able to relate to that and be like, shit, had I let go of that rope sooner, it probably would have been a lot easier. But I kept fighting it and I kept gripping and then my hands were hurting and they were all cut up. And so everything I was doing was that much more painful. If I had just let go of the rope, it'd have been great. And the whole reason I feel that way at this point is because I'm recognizing like, hey, if I want to be able to have that freedom, where I can spend all my time with my wife on a beach or in an RV or looking over a mountainside or whatever, I can't be the one that has to show up and work every day. I have to create a team of people underneath me to delegate some of those things too, because ultimately that's what I want, right? Like at the end of the day, we'll talk about, like I talk a lot about business, but the reason I'm trying to build this machine is so that I have the freedom to go and live the life that I want to live. And I know some people are like, well, you got to go and live the life now. And, and, you know, you don't know how much time you have. And that's true. 
And that's why my day is designed the way it is, right? It all circles back, right? The reason I'm so consistent, I get up at 4 a.m. and I do shit like clockwork is so that I can have that machine built and know that over time, I get to enjoy it. Wednesdays, I take a half a day and I do date day. Mm -hmm. Middle of the week, I take a day off and I do a date day with my wife. And some people are like, that's crazy. But you know what? When we implemented that, our relationship went up 100 points on the scale because mm -hmm. we were intentional with it. It's like, hey, maybe we're going grocery shopping. Maybe we're just sitting on the couch, Netflix, and are chilling. doesn't matter. We're spending time together and we're intentional about it. And so that's the life that I'm creating because I don't necessarily have all the things I want now, but I'm getting what I can while I can, and I'm putting things in place to have what I truly want. I love that. Thank you so much. Well, I so appreciate your time and joining me on the show. I think you were such a fantastic guest and just gave so much value to our listeners and it's going to change a lot of lives. So in regards to changing lives, how do people follow you? Because Drew is the kind of person that you want to follow for sure. And, you know, get in touch with you on social media and all that good stuff. Yeah. So, um, I try to keep it easy. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, but if you go to connectwithdruby.com, it's a website. It's got all my social media links, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all that kind of stuff. Um, truthfully, I just want to say thank you for having me on. You know, it's, it's one of those things where I've still had that very surreal feeling being in the situation I'm, I'm in, uh, getting invited to speak and, and share my story with the world. You know, it's, it's such a fun and interesting thing. And I think that's where a lot of people could do more, right? If you, you stay open to the possibility and you open up and you share your vulnerability and, and you share that story, there's someone out there who will relate. And, you know, if, if someone's relating to my story, wants to know more, I would love to hear from you and, and see what I can do to, to bring extra value. Because again, I'm not the smartest dude. I'm not the best looking. I ain't the strongest, but I'm not afraid to work hard. And, and I think anybody that has that same kind of mentality can be successful and I would love to help them get there. Yeah, you have the heart and the tenacity. I can vouch for that for sure. So, and I'm looking forward to seeing you on stages, man. Well, thank you so much, man. I really right. appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you too. Thanks so much. For sure. Thank you so much for listening to the Stay Open to the Possibility podcast. If you loved what you heard today, make sure that you subscribe, share this with your friends, leave a positive review for us. It helps more people to find our podcast. If you're interested in hearing more about our courses, visit www.meganmacavoymatay.com. And be sure to follow me on Instagram, Meg underscore McAvoy underscore Matei. See you next time.